Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 6, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In verse 1, now it happened on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the grain fields. And his disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? You might want to underline that in your neighbor's Bible. But Jesus, in verse 3, answered them and said, Have you not even read this, what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God and he took and he ate the showbread and also gave some to those with him, which is not lawful for any, but who saints? The priests to eat. And Jesus said to them, please read this with me. The son of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention just by show of hands. Were you here last week? Just by show of hands. Were you here last week? Good. That's a good number of you. Then you know last week the Pharisees were questioning Jesus as to why the disciples were not fasting. And Jesus responded very simply, explaining that he had come to make life a feast and a festival and not a fast and a funeral. But there was coming a time, Jesus said, when fasting would be necessary, when the bridegroom, Jesus himself, would be taken away. And then he began to explain that he had come to do something new, that he didn't come to patch up the old religious Judaic system. He didn't come to be a reformer, but a revolutionary, as he would pour the new wine of the Holy Spirit into new vessels, and that would be the church. And now listen, Jesus, notice, the more Jesus, as you read through the gospel of, of, of Luke, the more Jesus came against the man-made rules and the regulations, as you read, you notice this, the more angry they became. And now Jesus is making them even yet more angry because our text before us is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Now Jesus, are you listening, is violating the Sabbath. Notice Dr. Luke tells us in verse 1, go ahead and peek at it again, on the second Sabbath after the first. Now, I don't know why, I guess because Dr. Luke is a doctor, he felt the need to be detailed to tell us that the second is after the first. I would say that most of us knew that. Did most of us know that? Okay. There was a lot of y'all that didn't know that. That's really sad. Some of y'all just plain old, anyway, love Jesus. 
So Jesus, according to our story, notice Jesus and the disciples are walking through a grain field. And while the disciples are walking and fellowshipping with Jesus, they got hungry and they plucked some of the heads of grain and they rubbed them together and they popped it in their mouth. And notice in verse two, and some of the Pharisees said to them, or in other words, one of the other gospels tells us when the Pharisees saw it, when the Pharisees saw it, saw what? When the Pharisees saw them grab the heads of the grain, rub it together, blew off the chaff, and pop it in their mouth, when the Pharisees saw that, then they asked, why are you guys doing something that's unlawful on the Sabbath day? Don't you find it interesting that the Pharisees saw that? How do you see that? How is it that you catch someone eating granola? The Pharisees saw, what did they have, like spies in the wheat bushes? And they're like ducking around. Maybe they got like a helmet on with wheat on top to blend in. (laughs) And uh, I mean, how do you see that? Unless they are seeking to catch Jesus in something. So the Sabbath Bureau of Investigation, they saw it. Y'all like that? I got some more. Wait, you'll like, you're going to love today. You'll love it. I got more. When they saw it, they asked Jesus, why are you guys doing, get this, something unlawful on the Sabbath. Listen to me. There was nothing unlawful about what they were doing. They were gleaning, not stealing. Did you miss it? They were gleaning, not stealing. Deuteronomy 23, perhaps you want to write that down. Deuteronomy 23, verse 24 and 25, allowed for someone to eat from someone else's field. According to Deuteronomy, you were allowed to walk through my backyard and eat some of my grapevines or eat some of my wheat. Now, you were not allowed, listen, to go down to the rent-a-center and rent a combine, and while I'm on vacation or sleeping, harvest my field. (laughs) Say amen, church. You were not allowed to do that, but if you were walking through a grain field, no problem. You could grab a handful of wheat and eat it. But what the Pharisees, listen, and the religious leaders were doing is that they had, watch this, so codified the Sabbath and they put so many layers of tradition on the Sabbath and the law and on the word of God that it became ridiculous. If you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you know the Talmud. You want to spell it? T-A-L-M-U-D. The Talmud is a Jewish book of traditions. And in the Talmud, there are 24 chapters. All 24 chapters are devoted to the keeping of the law or specifically the keeping of the Sabbath law. In the Talmud, there were, it was ridiculous. There were rules like what we have here in our text. If you are walking through someone's field and you pluck some wheat and you rub it and you pop it in your mouth, according to the Talmud, that was wrong. And the reason it was wrong, because when you rub your hands together, they considered that to be threshing. Are you listening? When you blew off the chaff, they considered that to be winnowing. And when you ate it, they they considered that to be preparing a meal on the Sabbath. And this was work. The Talmud had so many ridiculous uh, laws that were not laws of God. Please hear me. 
These were not laws of God. The Talmud said and the Talmud taught that if you were a woman, you were not allowed. If you were a woman, you were not allowed to look in a mirror on the Sabbath day for fear that you might see a gray hair and pluck it. And they considered that to be plowing. (laughs) Ridiculous. And of course, listen, if you have hair weave. Now, I'm not going to ask any of y'all to stand up. All right. (laughs) But if you got weave, you can't wear hair weave on the Sabbath because they would consider that to be carrying a burden. Anything. Some of y'all got some of y'all need to lay your burden down. (laughs) But I ain't going to ask you to stand up. Hallelujah. Just, you know what I'm saying. Because they said that in the Talmud. You know, if it wasn't so, so, so funny, it's sad. They said in the Talmud that you could not on the Sabbath day, you couldn't carry anything that was heavier than a dried fig. Now, if you've been to Israel, a dried fig is really, really big. I mean, like the size of like two fifty cent pieces. The figs are huge. Uh, Here in the U.S., if you go over to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or wherever they sell figs, they're about the size of a quarter. But they the Talmud said that you couldn't carry anything heavier than a dried fig on the Sabbath. The Talmud said, get this on the Sabbath, you were allowed to spit, but you had to spit on a rock because if you spit in the dirt, this is disgusting. If you spit in the dirt, then it. It might make like a little dirt ball thing. And they considered that to be plowing as well. If you had a prosthetic leg, you had to take it off before the Sabbath began. Because again, you would be considered carrying a burden. You couldn't walk more than 2,000. Are you listening? You couldn't walk more than 2,000 feet on the Sabbath day. Say you had a neighbor who maybe had something that you had to pick up on the Sabbath day. You had to prepare for that. And how you prepared for that is you would take a rope, tie it to your house, and then tie it to the next house, and then say your neighbor's house was five houses away. So you had to tie it to your house, then the next house, then the next house, then the next house, then the next house. And then on the Sabbath day, you would have to grab that rope and walk along the rope to each house in order not to be breaking the laws of the Sabbath. On the Sabbath day, if, watch this, if your house fell on you, say some ungodly thing happened, an earthquake, and the whole house fell, and it fell on you, and the Jerusalem Fire Department came, and I told y'all I had more where that came from, didn't I? And the Jerusalem Fire Department came, and they, and they, they dug through, and they're like, hey, are you all right in there? Are you okay? And you say, Yes. I'm okay. I'm okay. Get me out of here. They would say, we will. We'll get you out on Monday (laughs) and leave you there. People, listen, worked really hard at trying not to work on the Sabbath day. And no wonder Jesus called it a heavy laden. So here in our text, notice the Sabbath police are hiding in the grain field and they say, gotcha. Now, don't miss this. The traditions, watch this, you're going to love it. The traditions of the Sabbath were known to every Jew. There was no one who didn't know, again, the traditions of the Sabbath. Everyone knew that. Don't you find it interesting that the disciples knew it as well? 
and yet they are walking along with Jesus and they grab a head, they grab a head of, 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 of wheat and they pop it in their mouth right in front of Jesus. They didn't tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, walk ahead a little bit. Jesus, go up ahead a little bit. And then they grab a little bit of wheat and eat it. And Jesus goes, what y'all eating? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, honey. What, y'all, well, what is that? What are those nuts coming out of your mouth? Nothing. They didn't do that. I just do find it interesting. Of course, this is the white space, my sanctified imagination, but I just find it interesting that they just ate right in front of Jesus. Why? Why would they do that? Because they knew that Jesus was not religious. They knew that Jesus loved sinners but hated sin. They saw the way that Jesus treated the tax collectors and the prostitutes. They saw how he loved the unlovable and how he accepted the unacceptable. And I don't know about you, but one day in my life, I was the unacceptable and he loved me and I'm happy about it. Are you? I'm happy about it. He loved the unacceptable. He accepted them and loved the unlovable. And they knew that about Jesus. Go ahead and look at verse two in your Bibles. And so they, the, 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 the Pharisees asked Jesus, why are they eating on the Sabbath? And look at Jesus' answer. I love this answer. He said, have you not read about David? Now listen, for some people who think that Jesus is meek and mild, never gets upset, never says anything off color, never gets angry, never takes a jab at people. Listen, this statement right here is a jab at the, it's an insult, might I add, to the Pharisees. Y'all know where I'm going with this. When he said, have you not read? He's talking to the Pharisees. Of course they have read it. They're Pharisees. They're scribes. So Jesus has taken a jab at them because they have read it. He says, have you not read when David and his guys were walking and they got hungry and they went into the temple and they took the showbread off the table and they ate it? And the showbread was for the priest only. Only the priests were allowed to eat the showbread in the temple. But David was hungry and he ate it. Matter of fact, you'll find that if you're taking notes in 1 Samuel chapter 21 They ate the bread and they were in violation of the law. Now, in Mark chapter two, when you put the stories together, as a matter of fact, keep your finger right here in Luke six. Turn with me to Mark chapter two. Turn quick. Let me hear those pages turning. Let me hear those pages turning. Mark chapter two, because you put the stories together. It's the same story. Just Mark giving you a different picture or a portrait. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Say amen. amen. Now, in Mark chapter two. Notice in verse 27, Jesus then said to them, after he talked about the showbread that David ate with his guys and they were hungry, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath, look at verse 27, and he said to them, can y'all read it with me? The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, listen, the Sabbath was supposed to be a benefit to man and to provide rest for him. In other words, the law, rituals, and legalism, and in this case, the Sabbath does not take the place over human need. In other words, mercy takes priority over ritual observance. 
And yes, by the way, dig the man out even if it is on the Sabbath. Mercy takes priority over ritual observance. Mercy, showing mercy, takes priority over law and legalism. Notice in verse 5, let's move forward for a minute. Notice Jesus says, the Son of Man is the Lord. Now, is the Lord of the Sabbath. You see that in verse 5? The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Then you got to understand, with this statement, Jesus, if you take notes in your Bible, you can write this down. Jesus is claiming to be God. There are some people who say Jesus never claimed to be God. He never said he was God. I'm like, hello, have you ever read the Bible? And it's interesting, the people who say that Jesus never claimed to be God are the very people who never read the Bible. Because Jesus constantly claimed to be God. In one way or another, he's always equating himself to be God. That's why they wanted to kill him. Because he made them angry. Now here he is saying he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now you remember in chapter 5, verse 21, they asked, if you were with us, they asked, who is this that forgives sin? In chapter 5, verse 30, the Pharisees asked, why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? In chapter 5, verse 33, the Pharisees asked, why don't you fast? Here in chapter 6, verse 2, the Pharisees asked, why are you eating granola on the Sabbath? They sure do ask a lot of questions, don't they? And now in chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus finally, listen, finally gives them the answers to their questions. Jesus says, you want answers to why I do what I do? I am the Lord Shabbat. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is making, are y'all getting me? Jesus is making himself, claiming to be God. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. This is, by the way, this is the most radical statement that Jesus has made in the Gospel of Luke so far. I am Lord Shabbat. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And can you, what I wouldn't give to be a fly on the wall when he said that? They probably lost their mind. He said, I am God. And the Pharisees, you know, you ever see those cartoons where like when somebody gets really mad, like their eyes pop out like, and then the steam comes out, and the steam comes out. And the Pharisees, they're probably like, I mean, you know you're mad when you go, I mean, they were mad when he said, I am God. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, there are people, listen, who claim to be Sabbath keepers. Let me tell you something. Let me help you understand something about Calvary Chapel. We are not Sabbath observers. Why? Because, listen, first of all, you have to understand that if you are a Sabbath observer, because anybody know anybody that says that the Sabbath is important, we need to keep the Sabbath? Does anyone know anyone that believes that? Just raise your hand. Wait, wave at me. Just look at me. Wave at me. They say we need to keep the Sabbath. Well, listen, we're not Sabbath observers, and here's why. First of all, again, you need to understand the Sabbath begins from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. And the reason for that is that in Genesis, don't you remember, in Genesis it tells us, Evening to morning were the first day. 
evening to morning were the first day. That's why it's sundown to sundown. Now, if you observe the Sabbath, listen, you have to work six days a week. I don't know anybody who wants to work six days a week. Matter of fact, there's some folks in Washington trying to get it down to four days. Like four 10-hour days versus five eight-hour days for 40 hours. If you're a Sabbath observer, you must work six days a week. If you keep the Sabbath, you have to allow the land to rest every seven years. If you read Ezekiel or you read Exodus 31, 13, the Sabbath is a sign between God and Israel, not God and the church. The church historically, listen, the church historically never celebrated the Sabbath. They never did. As a matter of fact, the church was never obligated to keep the Sabbath. Read the Bible, read the book of Acts, and that's the blueprint of the early church. Then the book of Acts, the church met on Sunday because they loved Jesus. They met on Sunday because Jesus resurrected on Sunday. The church met on Sunday for prayer and praise and fellowship and teaching. The church did not meet on Sunday because of the law. They met on Sunday because they love Jesus. And the important thing, saints, listen, is not what day you meet. The important thing, if you get nothing else I'm saying, get this. The important thing is not what day you meet. The important thing is that you meet. You understand that? And I'm telling you that because there is a whole movement in the church, and perhaps you don't know about it. I hope you don't. This is one thing I hope you don't know. There's a whole movement in the church that they, they, they teach that you don't need to go to church. Anybody, anybody ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. More than I thought, actually. And that you don't need to go to church. There's no reason to go to church. I mean, you know, church, why, why go to church? We can just stay home and have home church. Listen, there could be nothing more unbiblical than that. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Look that up in your own time. It says, do not forsake to assemble yourself together as is the manner of some. We need to go to church. Now, should we go, do we have to go to church on Sunday? No, we don't have to, but you need to go to church. And there's a lot of reasons you need to go to church. Number one, first and foremost, we need to go to church because Jesus did. And he was in the synagogue. Matter of fact, Jesus got in more trouble at church than he got in anywhere else. It's true. Read the Bible. When he was at church, he was like, well, what's this Jesus guy doing? When he was up with the prostitutes and the sinners, they were like, hey, Jesus, yay, pound. You know, he was like, you know, no problem. He got in trouble at church. Jesus went to church. But not only do you go to church, are you listening? Not only do you go to church because Jesus went to church, you go to church because God, if you're a believer, has given you gifts. And those gifts are to be used for the building up and the edifying of the body of Christ. Somebody say amen. And when you don't go to church, then you are withholding the gift that God has given to you for you to be a blessing to me. And I want my blessing. And if I don't come to church, it works both ways. If I don't come to church and stand there and teach the word is what God gave me to do, then I'm ripping you off of a blessing for you. And you want your blessing. Now you can say amen. amen. 
And we're to use our gifts to build up and to edify the body of Christ. What is happening in the church today is the church is moving day toward this consumer Christian mentality. What church people shop for churches like they shop for wheat bread or sourdough. People go to church and they're looking for a church of what the church can give to me. I kid you not. I'm a pastor. I ain't gonna lie to you. People come, well, you know, uh, we just, during the week, we just come to see what the church has. And, we, you know, we have these number of children and we've got this situation and that situation. Oh, by the way, I've got one in the oven. And it was just seeing what the church has and what the church can, has to offer us as a family. Listen, that is the wrong reason to find a church. The reason you go to church is not for what the church can give you, but what you can give to the church. I think two people agree. That's great. And, and, and what's happening in church is a consumer mentality. We're looking for churches of what the church can give to us. When in fact, when you study the Bible, it's never been like that. It's what you give to the church. Now, yes, do we need to have some things in place that minister to people that are for mommies? And we have all those things here. But we don't have all those things because we feel like if we don't have those things, people won't come to our church. What we do here at Calvary Chapel is we, when, when, when there is a need, then we seek to fill it. We don't create a particular thing in hopes that people will come to be a part of that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We don't do that. Lots of churches approach that way. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying that's not what we do. What we do here is if we have a particular need, then we seek to fill it, not let's get this thing going and hope people come along and support it. The church is not a place for you to come and get your needs met. The church is a place for you to come and meet others' needs and come out of yourself. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.